Hey there, everybody. It is Kevin Henry, the co-founder of Ignite DA and the editor-in-chief for DrBuyCuspid.com, welcoming you to another episode of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast, which is powered by Ignite DA. Thank you so much for joining us, and I'm going to bring back who is becoming a regular guest, and I'm excited about that, but I hate that we're kind of, it feels like Groundhog Day, and I expect Bill Murray to come on here very shortly, and that's our dear friend and dental control, uh, sorry, dental infection control expert, Mary Maloney. Hey. <laughs> hey, Kevin, I love the Groundhog Day analogy because that is what this feels like. It's like I, I would use um, the little acronym WTF yeah. um, because we, what we want more than anything are black and white answers, less gray area, yeah. tell us what to do and we'll do it. And then we still have one group telling us one thing, another group telling us another thing. So we're just repeating this. And and I know it's just wreaking havoc with our teams. Yeah. And let's, let's give the 30,000 foot view here because you and I were, were emailing over the weekend and CDC released some new guidance that yep. honestly seemed like a little bit of a backtrack to me, but I want to get your opinion on if it was and what the high point of this new guidance is in your mind. Okay. Well, it did seem like a backtrack to me as well. Um, And there were three things in the new guidance that was updated last week. One was the removal of the 15-minute wait time, which seems to be getting the most traction with everyone. The other one is, um, and we'll explain a little bit later on what that is, it's the, the time that patients, the time frame in which patients should tell us if they've become COVID positive after their dental treatment, um, if they test positive. And then the other is kind of tied into the first one about engineering controls and some some, um, clarification on those. But it's the 15 minute wait time thing that, that is confusing everybody. First of all, a lot of people interpreted that 15 minute wait time as as meaning you you had to, everybody had to bail out of the treatment room. Right. They couldn't be in there for 15 minutes. What it stated was for a patient that you did not suspect or was not confirmed to have COVID-19 and you were doing um, either aerosol generating or, or non-aerosol generating treatment on that patient. Once the patient left the room, then you needed to wait 15 minutes for the aerosol particles to, to drop or to, to settle out. It never said that you couldn't be in the room. And if you had PPE on, you certainly could be. You could be gathering your instruments, um, getting disposables out of the room, getting things ready to um, clean and disinfect once that 15 minute um, time frame had lapsed. So it probably boiled down to adding maybe 10 minutes or so onto a a turnaround time for treatment room. So not unmanageable. So now they're saying we don't need to do it. And the explanation that's in the guidance is that it aligns better with the CDC interim guidance, interim infection prevention and control recommendations for patients with suspected or confirmed coronavirus disease. So that part of it, I don't understand. So I know lots of people have lots of questions from the CDC trying to get that confirmed or clarified. And so hopefully we will get that clarification as to why they did it. So in the meantime, I would go with the recommendation that the ADA put out over the weekend, which is to 
keep that time frame, wait time frame in place right now until we know what's going on. Um, But also there's things to consider. And you and I were talking about those things over the weekend. What kind of air exchanges are happening in a facility? Um, How is your HVAC system working? Do you have control over being able to um, increase the number of air exchanges because the faster rate of air exchange clears the air in the aerosols better. Um, if you have HEPA filtration in your treatment rooms, you have some of those units in your treatment rooms, then you should know what the, um, the clearing rate is on those. And let me just scroll down on my screen here so I can get, it's called the clean air delivery rate, C-A-D-R. So you need to look at the manufacturer's instructions for that unit, find out what that delivery rate is. And so if you had a room of, well, just throw out 200 square feet as a treatment room, I have no idea if that's, if that's, accurate or not, but let's just use it for an example. And your unit says it can clear 400 square feet in like 10 or 15 minutes, then you're golden. That air is probably cleared out. So some calculation needs to be done. What kind of air exchange for the building? What is the clean air delivery rate for uh, a HEPA filtration unit that you have in your room and know, again, what is the cubic feet per minute of air that is cleaned um, for that particular device. And so if you know the size of your treatment room, you know what the rates are, then you know how long it would take to clear the air in a treatment room. Wow. So I know it's like, who would have thought we would end up being HVAC specialists. Like it's kind of not where I want to go, but we're sort of being forced there at this point. But, but I, I would rather err on the side of caution um, and, and be a little more reluctant to just drop that based on what we do know about aerosols and just try to, you know, sit tight and wait until we do get a little more clarification from CDC, which I think they will, I hope, yeah. but we just don't know. Well, and without the clarification, as you said, whenever we started this, you've got the CDC saying one thing, you've got the ADA kind of pumping the brakes on that a little bit. And this goes back to that confluence of a bunch of information like we had whenever COVID first broke onto the news and what should we do? What shouldn't we do? And I think that's where so much of the frustration came from the dental professionals that, that I've talked to is just trying to figure out which voice you listen to. And so, exactly. So, so I just want to make clear in your mind, you're saying stick with what the ADA is saying until we know for sure the CDC guidance, if it gets ironed out any further. Yeah. I would say that that's the, the better course of action. If you don't know what your air exchange rates are and so forth. But if you do know how fast, how quickly your HEPA filtration units are clearing that air in the room, then perhaps you could lessen that time. Um, But I don't know how many practices have really done that homework. Number one, to consult with an HVAC HVAC professional to 
know what's going on with their system. I do know, I, I think a lot of practices have put those HEPA filtration units in, but they're not all made the same. So you have to really look at what, um, what type of a unit you have and if they have some kind of documentation or certification of that clean air delivery rate, because that's the real key to this whole thing. So, you know, if you've got a clean air delivery rate that says your size of treatment room can clear in 10 minutes, then go for 10 minute wait time. Um, but, but I think it really is about having your ducks in a row, uh, you know, and, yeah. and, and really not guessing, you know, obviously it's important that, that you know, but yeah, if you can make those calculations, that, that's good to know. Right, right. And, and I think, again, the challenge for a lot of practices is that here we are, we've you know, we've said this before, we've been closed for all this time. We haven't been making the revenue that we want to make. And now we have more things just that keep just getting piled on us. And this seems like a lot of complex stuff to do, but I, I don't think that would be a very difficult task to at least um, read the manufacturer's instructions for a, a HEPA filter unit so that you could try to do those calculations. Um, it's just, something that we don't think about and, but we just can't take anything for granted anymore. Yeah. It's just the old days are gone. They are. And, and, you know, we've, so many dental practices have said, okay, this is the way we're going to do it. This is our system now. And, you know, and, and I know there are practices that put in the HEPA filters, but I know there are those who, who didn't as well. So right. those who didn't, nothing really changes in the new CDC guideline. Is that correct? Or does it? Well, if they don't have any kind of air filtration, I would say they probably ought to stick by that 15 minute guideline or 15 minute wait time if they don't have any other way to purify the air. And you know, something else that came up, it's not related to CDC guidelines for dentistry, but we all heard that in restrooms now, flushing the toilets can create aerosols. Yep. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness. Um, now what do we do? Because in a lot of um, commercial bathrooms, there are no lids to close on the toilets to have, prevent the aerosols. But there was a statement in the guidance and it's the guidance that came out at the end of May and the guidance that just came out that says run the exhaust fans in restrooms at all times during the business day. And at first I thought, well, you know, the bathroom stores closed. What, you know, what's the big deal? But perhaps there was wisdom in that statement. So leave the exhaust fans on. So that's not an issue. But, you know, it seems like every day we find out something more yeah. and it's not always good news. And and I apologize to everybody listening for this confusion. I, I just know how hard that this is. I was talking with a group of consultant friends this morning and you know, when when the consultants and, and those of us who are supposedly experts are confused, that's never a good sign for the well, end user. And, and I will tell you, whenever you and I were talking about this over the weekend, because originally we were going to record the podcast over yep. the weekend, and then you said, wait a minute, I've got to see what ADA is saying now. And I think if Mary's, like you said, if Mary's about this, yeah, I'm a little nervous now. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I, oh man, it's just nuts. But, but there's... Again, there, there there is some clarification in the engineering control section of the guidance, and so I hope everybody will download um, that guidance, the the latest 
update from last week so they can read through and look at the links and, and review it. But I think the best clarification we got was the, what to look for in that HEPA filtration and to know about that clean air delivery rate. That will, that will be a very helpful thing for folks to know. Is it really helping or not? Okay. So and I think more helpful than, you know, some of these units will say, oh, you know, it kills SARS or it kills, you know, other things. I, you just need to know what the clean air delivery rate is. And, and I think that that's something else. And Mary, you know, I want to get your thoughts on this because we've talked about using this as kind of marketing about how that you're keeping your patients safe. You're keeping each other safe. And if you've got that HEPA filter and you're not pushing out that you're doing this and you've done the homework and you're keeping up with the latest CDC guidelines and all this, right. stuff, I think you're maybe missing a little bit of an opportunity to reach those nervous patients. Absolutely. However, um, as the ADA put out a statement uh, late last week, practices do need to be careful about claiming superiority over other dental practices. It's, you know, it's one thing to say, you know, we do this, just like you said, we have these HEPA filters, we um, disinfect, we sterilize all the things you do. We have all this PPE and say it in a very positive way. These are the things we do because we want you to be safe. But once you start saying that you're better than any other practice or making some kind of a guarantee or, or something like that, then you are starting to violate ethical guidelines. So be very careful about that. You, there shouldn't be, if you believe in what you're doing and you know you're following the guidelines, confusing as they are, you're following the guidelines as best you can, promote that to your patients. But beyond that, there shouldn't be a need to, you know, to have the, what I call the crowd size mentality. Yep. Who cares what the other practices are doing? We know that this is what we're doing. If that yep. makes sense. It does. And let me ask you one more question, because obviously we're talking to dentists, we're talking to dental team members, especially those assistants out there. So finding out the, you know, what HEPA does and how long it should take and everything else. Is this a team exercise or is one person kind of your, your champion of this and then spreads the information out to the others and then they make a decision from there? Well, that's a great question. I think that it could be the research is probably best done by one person, whether it's the OSHA manager, the infection control coordinator, or perhaps the doctor um, doing that research. But I do think it's a team involvement in understanding the results of that. So in other words, if we find out that our clear what our clean air delivery rate is and how fast the air is exchanged in that room, then everybody needs to know that. And especially because there may be patients that question that. So, you know, I see you have these new filters or these new air cleaners in your room. How quickly does it clean the air? Oh, well, let me tell you about that. Right. We've done all this research and we know, you know, this is the size of our room and this is how fast it cleans it. So it's cleaning it all the time that you're here, you know, Mrs. Patient, um, but it completely cleans the air when you leave or the previous patient leaves in X many minutes. There you go. Okay. This is a time when the entire team needs to be involved in 
all of that information. There can't be just one or two people that are in the know. Everybody has to be right now because you don't know who's going to be asked the questions either on the phone or in person. And boy, everybody better have the right answers and the accurate answers and be confident about those answers. Otherwise, your patients aren't going to feel confident. Yeah. You know, it's funny you said because I was just getting ready to say, if I call you on the phone and you can't tell me why it's safe for you, for me to come in, well, that's a big red flag. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and I've shared this story with, with several people that I had, um, had an appointment with my ophthalmologist and it was in the very end of March when we were really starting to get into, you know, um, practices being closed and so forth. And, and this was sort of an emergency visit. And so the doctor saw me, but wasn't seeing other patients, but the people that or the person that called me on the phone to confirm my appointment was just completely stumbling over, you know, what, what the instruct, well, you know, what somebody's going to wear a face mask. You can wear a face mask if you want to. And she's kind of laughing about it. And, and it didn't make me feel confident at all about what was going to happen when I got there. And we do not want that happening in dental practices. Everybody needs to be cool and confident and, and, really, really explain well to patients what's going on. It's good advice. Be informed, do your homework, know what's in. And, and hey, you know, I'm just going to throw out there, Mary, probably we're going to hear some more tweaks, uh, to this, <laughs> like you said. So be prepared for that too. But the good thing is we know Mary's going to stay on top of this. We know that she will join us the next time that we need to yeah. talk about a little, but there's also a great way to, to find out more about Mary and keep up with the latest because I know she is on top of it. And Mary, how do they do that? Oh, they can visit my website, Mary at MaryGavoni.com. And I have a couple of things that will be um, available probably um, midweek by Wednesday that if a listener uses Ignite DA as a code, there will be um, special pricing for some very nominally priced items like resources and things. And so we we recognize all the fabulous Ignite DA listeners out there and your hard work, Kevin. And so Mary at marygavoni.com and we'll make as much information available as we can. And, and the important thing is it's reliable good information, which goodness knows we need right now more than anything else, especially as the uh, the winds keep changing directions. <laughs> oh, all I can say is stay tuned because there, there will be changes yeah. and it'll continue to happen. So yeah. hopefully it's not something that we feel like we got the rug pulled out from under us. <laughs> we kind of did this time. So well, hang in there. Deep breaths. Deep, deep breaths. Breath. Yeah, and Mary is a great resource. Please utilize her, marygavoni.com. Certainly keep up with us here at drbycuspid.com as well as Ignite DA. We're going to keep you all informed of what's going on. Mary, again, thank you so much for joining. Really do appreciate it. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks for having me, Kevin. And thanks to all of you for listening. We always try to bring you the latest information with the most knowledgeable experts out there in the industry. So make sure you're subscribed to us. If you like what you hear, hey, we always love those little hearts and, uh, you know, good, good vibes coming our way. But for now, Kevin Henry, the editor-in-chief for Dr. By Cuspid and co-founder of Ignite DA, signing off, wishing you stay safe, stay healthy, and stay educated.